Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce my special guest today. I'm so happy to announce that I'm working on my next book. The title is Reclaim Your Digestive Health and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your GI Distress with Natural Treatments. Now this book should be ready later this year, so keep an eye out for it. Okay, that's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. Now this week's show is all about the miracles of bone broth. My special guest is an expert and someone that I greatly admire. Her name is Ariane Resnick. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Ariane is a private chef and certified nutritionist who specializes in organic farm-to-table cuisine and creates indulgent, seemingly normal foods out of impeccably clean whole food ingredients. She has cooked for celebrities, including Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin. And I have to tell you, I'm a huge Coldplay fan, so I'm a little bit jealous right now. (laughs) She is also a survivor of Lyme disease and chemical poisoning and recovered holistically from both. Now, Ariane's hit book, The Bone Broth Miracle, made it to the number one cookbook spot on Amazon. Ariane, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Thank you. What a pleasure. Now, Ariane, I think some of our listeners have probably never heard of bone broth. Sure. And some of our listeners have because they might have seen it on like a paleo blog or heard it on another podcast or whatnot. So what is bone broth and what makes it so miraculous? Hi, sure. So um, bone broth is what stock used to be. The number one uh, confusion that people have is how is this different than what I know of as cooking stock? And basically a long time ago, we all used to make stock for food that we would eat uh, by boiling, boiling bones for at least a day or two. No one really does that anymore in restaurants and certainly not in home kitchens, except for very occasionally in certain ethnic cultures. So we've kind of brought that back with the concept of just really simply boiling good quality bones in water and reaping their health benefits. Um, You can do it on the stove, in a pressure cooker, or uh, in a slow cooker. So it can take a lot of time, but it doesn't have to because pressure cookers are really fast, wonderful things. And it's been used for so many different ailments and is helpful in a huge myriad of ways. Uh, health-wise. Okay, so is bone broth some kind of a new diet trend, or is there a history behind bone broth? Both. 
It is something that we've been making since we've been eating meat as people. Um, bowls that were used for boiling bones are pretty much some of the oldest um, things that have been found archaeologically in terms of relation to our food and how we began evolving with cooking. Um, but it is also very much a new diet trend. Um, I don't really like to go that route uh, of diets in general because I feel like that that's putting a restriction on things and it has a lot of connotations specifically for weight loss. But um, that is definitely a movement that they have made that has been made uh, with bone broth for sure. Okay, so can you explain to our audience some of the benefits of bone broth? Yes, of course. So um, the number one aspect of it that is so healing is that it's full of gelatin and collagen. And gelatin is actually something that we used to eat a lot of culturally, even in America, uh, but we just don't anymore. So that's what your hair, your skin, your nails, your gut, so much of you is comprised of. And when you consume it directly, it's really easy for your body to use it to repair itself. So people start noticing very quickly improvements in their joints, their skin, their digestion um, from the gelatin. It has a number of other health benefits in that it's not that bone broth is specifically high in many nutrients so much as that they are very bioavailable. And what that means is that you just don't have to do any work to absorb the good stuff in the broth. Same way when you drink green juice, you just kind of get all those vitamins right into your system. All of the nutrients like very specific amino acids that we don't get a lot of in our food, um, you absorb very, very easily when drinking broth because it's just a liquid. There's no digestive work to do. Okay, perfect. And then um, I would think with the boiling the bones for a long period of time, you would be getting a certain amount of minerals too in the broth. Yeah, you get minerals, but you also um, typically people add either cider vinegar or lemon juice to help pull them out even more. Okay, so I guess that's a really good segue into like, how would one make bone broth besides just like opening up a can of soup, you know, which is not the best way, obviously. <laughs> no, that that is something entirely different. So you can have either bones that you buy specifically or ones that are just left over from cooking. Like if you make a whole roast chicken, you end up with a chicken carcass. So you can go either way, but um, you begin with bones, water, salt to taste, um, and then cider vinegar or lemon juice, something acidic to help pull the minerals out. And you can roast the bones first if they're not already cooked, um, just in the pan or in the oven. Um, that's an optional step, but it leads to a better color in the broth and a better flavor. And then you cook the bones in water with a little bit of salt and vinegar for uh, anywhere up to two days in a slow cooker or on the stove or about two hours in a pressure cooker will give you the same yield. So that is my preferred method. And when it's done, the bones have really broken down. You can add aromatics like onions, garlic, vegetables, um, and a lot of people do that. I don't tend to because you don't really end up with any health benefits for after cooking vegetables for so long. And I don't really feel like the added taste is very different. I'd rather add fresh food to the broth afterwards once it's done. But a lot of people will add aromatics to improve the flavor. So basically you said bones, vinegar, water, right? And salt to taste. Oh, and salt, okay. Yes. 
And those are the only, you know, necessary components. And you can skip the acid if you're not, if you don't care about the minerals and you don't want any kind of a tangy taste in the end. Um, And you can use any type of bones, beef, fish, poultry, lamb, bison, really any meat uh, that you would eat you can use the bones of that animal. The most popular taste-wise is chicken because we are all so familiar with chicken stock as a basis for a huge array of foods. And I would think for the listeners out there that you you want to use the vinegar because the minerals are so important for, I mean, hundreds of different reasons in your body, like just magnesium in and of itself, we use it for 350 different chemical reactions in the body so it'll be good it is yes to use the vinegar Mm -hmm. but I guess it's it's a matter of just kind of tempering that taste and getting used to a new taste yes and also um the one caveat with um helping to pull out the minerals is that if you are glutamate sensitive when you use um an acid to pull more out of the bones you're going to be getting more of the amino acids in the bones and glutamate is one of the amino acids in bones so if you are someone who is incredibly sensitive to glutamate which some people with chronic illnesses are that's a skip you want to avoid if you're just someone who doesn't consume msg because it gives you a headache you're it's not going to be something that you're particularly sensitive to okay okay so now i know i can feel it our listeners are thinking right now do I have to use organic bones? Yes, grass-fed, specifically when you're talking about red meat. Uh, one of the best benefits of bone broth is the fact that it's anti-inflammatory, and you cannot create something inflammatory, anti-inflammatory out of inflammatory food. Okay, so probably, um, I'm thinking, a lot of the listeners would have bones from, like, like you said, a, a typical chicken carcass leftover from eating a chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I bet they could very easily go to the butcher mm-hmm. and ask for bones. Oh, yeah. They're huge. I mean, you can buy them at any health food store um, in California nowadays. They sell them separately. Chicken necks and backs. Um, if you want a little bit of meat, you can get something like oxtails or beef shanks, which you can cook. You're cooking mostly bones when you do that, but you'll still have some meat left over when you're done. Okay, so then how do we consume bone broth? Do we just drink it? Do we use it in soup? How do we, uh, yeah. What? All of the all of the above. <laughs> um, a lot of people drink it straight uh, as a replacement for tea or coffee. It's very energizing in a much more mellow way than caffeine. So it's really popular to have just plain, um, to make a tonic out of it where you like, We'll grate some ginger or add some garlic and just have it still as a drink, but a more fortifying drink. And then, yeah, I use it as a basis for soups and stews and sauces, um, not only for foods that are specifically very healthy to begin with, but when people want less healthy foods to help kind of mitigate some of the effects of the less healthy ingredients that you might put in. Um, one example of that would be if someone wants like a macaroni and cheese type of dish, I'll use bone broth in place of chicken when I make a bechamel to help help offset some of the inflammatory uh, qualities of the flour that I would then add to it. Oh, that's a really good idea. Do you have any other tips or suggestions on how to use bone broth? Yeah, I mean, anywhere that you would use water in food, 
you can replace it. So for something like cooking grains, which again, tend to be on the inflammatory side, if you cook them in bone broth instead of water, uh, for cooking vegetables that you would otherwise boil, like sweet potatoes, regular potatoes, anything of that sort, you can boil them in or steam them in bone broth instead of water. Um, I use it as well in cocktails. I call them brocktails, and that's a section of my book because it helps mitigate some of the effects of alcohol. And I really like kind of adding some fun back into serious things. Um, so there's really no limit to how you can include it in your diet. And if you like the taste, then it's a great thing to just have, you know, a cup of. And if you don't like the taste so much, there are a million ways to hide it in your diet, even in smoothies which is big in the summer because people want to continue drinking it, but they don't want necessarily a hot cup of broth, you know, in August. So you can freeze it in ice cube trays and add it uh, cube by cube into your smoothies. See, this is one of the reasons why I really love your book is because you're very creative with how to use the bone broth. Thank you. And, and most people like me, I'm definitely not creative that way. <laughs> We all have our gifts. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> That's definitely. And, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate to be able to spend the time that I do playing in kitchens. Okay, so now I wanted to switch gears and talk about gut health. Because right now there's yes. a lot of research coming up. It's just piling up in huge piles about how important our gut health is for our overall health. That our gut uh, is connected with our hormones and our brain and everything in our body. And uh, how we can use something like bone broth to help heal uh, leaky gut. Yes. Is that true? Very true. Um, I have used it successfully with an assortment of people a number of times. Bone broth is one of the easiest ways to heal your gut. There are doctors out there like Dr. Josh Axe who claims that a three-day fast of just bone broth will itself alone cure leaky gut in half a week. I don't tend to go that extreme with people because I don't like to take the enjoyment out of life for others. Um, <laughs> like not, I think not eating food. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a very unfair thing to do to people. Um, we have this mindset as a culture of how bad do I have to hurt to feel better. Pretty and, bad. Yeah. And um, no, no, it's so counterintuitive what we yeah. have done to ourselves. So I really like to incorporate things in ways that are much more enjoyable. But yeah, if you're looking for bone broth to have some real therapeutic effects, you want to have two to four cups a day of it, which is not that difficult. Um, a good size mug is typically 16 ounces. So just two of those a day. Um, the gelatin and the collagen and the amino acids, they're incredibly reparative. And your intestinal lining that gets so torn up from celiac or from just difficult uh, health issues or environmental concerns or eating low-quality food, there's so many ways we end up with uh, very low gut integrity. And bone broth really goes in and is just incredibly reparative. So you end up absorbing more of the nutrients you consume. And you end up also pretty quickly just regrowing a lot of that microvillae and the lining back of your intestines. It's really quick. And the, um, the anti-inflammatory properties are really fast also. People tend to notice very quickly that in a matter of days, they feel a difference. And then in typically less than a month, um, I've experienced with others really huge progress in terms of gut integrity uh, and rebuilding where they notice palpably that their digest digestion is very different than it was before and is functioning much more properly. 
Okay, so the next thing I wanted to ask you is about research. Have they done any research on bone broth? I wanted to, to say I had um, Dr. Michael Ash on uh, the podcast last month, and, and he was talking about how just apples, eating a couple of apples every day can help uh, nourish the probiotic community within the gut. And I just thought just a couple of apples, wow, that is easy. Mm-hmm. Anybody could do that. Yeah, um, Biotics. We don't talk nearly enough about those. And so have they done any research on bone broth? Uh, They've done research on its components, and that is the best we've got so far. So there are certain things like when I say it's imperative to use grass-fed bones because they are anti-inflammatory, whereas grain-fed bones are inflammatory. They haven't done that research in direct relation to bone broth, but they've done it in direct relation to beef. We know that grain-fed beef has an omega-6 uh, content that is much, much higher and than grass-fed, and that grass-fed has an omega-3 content that is much, much higher than grain-fed and much more uh, conjugated linoleic acid and alpha linoleic acid. So we know these things and we understand them based on research that has been done in a broader sense for meat at large. Um, for chicken, they have not specifically narrowed down the chicken soup has immune factors, they have narrowed down that chicken contains immune factors that other meats do not. So it's a very natural step to say, well, then when you cook that, that's what you'll get. There's been very little research done directly on bone broth. It's pretty new, but there's been so much research done on our meat in general and on the different aspects of health that the quality of meat leads to. Yeah, and I was kind of thinking as you were going through that list, I was kind of thinking too, if we're getting bones from uh, conventionally raised animals, that those bones would probably contain more heavy metals. Heavy metals, pesticides, antibiotics, hormones. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't like that's not what you don't want to eat like pesticide hormone soup. Mm-hmm. There's just no need. <laughs> you're not, Definitely. You're not be Amen to that. There is there. no need for pesticide soup. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's I mean, so funny. Same thing, same thing as you wouldn't want to juice, you know, heavily pesticided vegetables and get a big glass of that concentrated. Mm-hmm. You're better off eating them whole, where at least you've got the fiber to slow down the digestion of that stuff into your system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you but- really, it makes much more sense to, if you're going to go out of your way to create something and consume something for health values, you begin with ingredients that have health values. Yeah, and I would think especially heavy metals are very... Uh attracted to the bones. Yeah, the exactly. Bone and the last thing you want to do is cook them and pull them all out of there just so you can drink them. Absolutely. Okay, so I want to kind of go back to your bone broth cocktails. Can you sure. give us one example? Because <laughs> you kind um, of I'm like, oh, I, that is getting very creative with bone broth. <laughs> sure. So the, the most straightforward example is um, my take on a Bloody Mary which I call Mary had a little lamb um, and add bone broth, uh, lamb broth too. And then beyond that, um, I have ones like um, bone broth and a very smoky scotch. Um, It's called like a smoked meat supper. Um, In general, you want to go more on the savory side. I do not have recipes for bone broth and, you know, champagne and something fruity. I don't. I don't take it that far. They're definitely more savory cocktails. And what happens when you have broth in a cocktail is that it's more filling. 
So you are less inclined to drink more because you are getting something filling as you drink. Kind of like if you had a drink with really like heavy cream or something like that, you couldn't pound back six of them. Okay, so basically you figured out how we can get bone broth into our diet breakfast, lunch, dinner, <laughs> and afterwards, <laughs> two, two o'clock in the morning snack. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's, to me, that's the way that people adopt things. When we present something new, especially if it's something that's going to take some time to create, we kind of automatically put up a wall of, I don't have time for that. I can't do that. So I like to make everything as easy as possible for people. Here's a way you can do this that's not going to take any extra time out of your day. You know, you make one batch, you divide it up into smaller portions, you freeze them individually, you make some into ice cubes, and then here and there, when you want a cup or two, take it out of the freezer, thaw it for the next day, or if you want to just, you know, oh, I'd like to make a sauce, take a cup out of the freezer, put it directly in a pan, takes a couple minutes to melt, you've got your basis for a sauce. There's so many ways of doing it simply, and in my experience, that's how we adopt new things, and that's how we keep them in our life. If we really feel that something is complicated, we have a lot of resistance to it, whereas if we feel that it's simple and no big deal, we adopt it, we love it, we keep it, we have better health because of it. So what is your favorite way to use bone broth at breakfast? Um, I have, I'm a bulletproof fan for coffee and that sort of thing. So I have a recipe in my book for a bulletproof bone broth where you utilize the um, aspects of bulletproof coffee of grass-fed butter and MCT oil for uh, starting your day in a ketogenic state and creating some slow uh, long lasting energy. And you can do that with bone broth instead of coffee. Nice. Okay. So then what's your favorite way to use bone broth for lunch? Um, that would be something fun, like a ramen type dish. Oh, okay. And I then... do. I oh, do. There's so many noodle alternatives out there these days without eating wheat noodles, anything from forbidden rice, actual ramen noodles to shirataki noodles or kelp noodles. Um, and ramen is such a fun lunch type of food. You cook some vegetables, you cook some noodles and the broth, and it's um, it just has kind of an almost festive feel, and it's very customizable, which people love. Okay, and then I would think that uh, a bone broth at dinner time is probably the easiest for people to wrap their head around. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can start your dinner with a soup. That's a very simple thing. You can have an entree that's a stew. That's simple as well. Or you can just have side dishes that you've cooked in it, whether it's um, sweet roasted, uh, or excuse me, like sweet potatoes or mashed potatoes or quinoa or rice. You can cook uh, any of your sides in bone broth. You can use it to braise um, a meal in like chicken or beef or something like that so that you're cooking it in the broth. Um, and you end up with something that's, you know, more of a cook of sort of thing where you're not having a ton of liquid, but you're pulling the liquid from the broth into the meat. So you get even more of it, of it that way. Okay. And then what about a late night snack? Have you been able to figure out bone broth ice cream yet? <laughs> um, no, but when I make ice cream, I add a lot of gelatin to it, grass fed gelatin, because that prevents it from over freezing. And that is another easy way of doing it. And also marshmallows made out of grass-fed gelatin are wonderful things. So those are two sweet options that are on the bone broth train, but not exactly using it. <laughs> uh, Ariane, is there any other tips or suggestions or 
insights about bone broth that you can give our listeners today? Um, If you are scared to try making it, you can very much buy it. And that is an easier way to start. Um, A lot of companies sell it online these days. It isn't available in a lot of grocery stores, but it is available um, made with good quality ingredients by an assortment of brands. And that's a great way to get into it. If you're skeptical about something and you don't want to put in the time to make it or the ingredients for it, um, you can purchase it to try it out. And that's an easier way of doing it. And then if you do think you might like to try it, if you have a pressure cooker, that is my recommended way of doing it because it's so quick. Um, I have a hard time with the idea that I will want dinner in two days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm more thinking about today, and a lot of us are more thinking about today. And um, also, if you're, if you're something you're wanting to try, but you and you do do slow cookers, but you aren't committed to the idea of just making bone broth, when you go to make your next slow cooker meal, just do it with meat that's on the bone. And that will give you an introduction to the difference in taste and gelatin, uh, which you'll see from the sauce when it firms up afterwards, that you get by cooking meat on the bone versus off the bone. Perfect. Excellent. Ariane, how can our listeners find out more about you? Sure. So my website is ariannecooks.com. That's A-R-I-A-N-E cooks, C-O-O-K-S dot com. Uh, my Facebook is Chef Ariane Resnick. My Twitter is at Ariane Resnick. And my Instagram is Chef underscore Ariane. My book, The Bone Broth Miracle, is in bookstores like Barnes & Noble. Um, in Canada, you have a grocery chain called Sobeys uh, that carries it. And it's on websites like Amazon. Perfect. So for our listeners out there, if you're out there jogging right now or on your bike or snowshoeing or something like that, I'll make sure that all of those links are in the podcast notes so that you can easily find Ariane and all of her great stuff. Ariane, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has just been an awesome interview. Oh, thank you so much. This was very simple. I'm so glad to share the word. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Ariane Resnick. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.